Well, let's go on and I'll try to bring out points that will help you when you go home to make your expo uh, meaningful for the community that you live in. And if you have other questions, again, we, we have time, I think, to be able to continue to answer them. Because often the question that you have would be helpful to someone else. Let's start. Uh, I have never had that come up, and, uh, and I'm, I'm not a nurse. My wife is, but I'm not a nurse. I'm just a health educator. I have a master's in public health. That seems to help, although I have found through life that even though our churches, some of our church educators are very much this way, they really believe your degree makes a huge difference. The real people in the world go more by if you, if you uh, not what degree you have, but how good your apple pie tastes. You know, if you, um, uh, I remember one time I was speaking to a public school uh, organization in Columbus, Georgia, and I was the administrator of Uchi Pines Institute at the time, and I had two master's degrees, and I thought, you know, they're gonna ask me for my pedigree and stuff like that, they never did. All that mattered to them was I was from Uchi Pines because to them that was meaningful. No degree didn't matter. I would suppose if I were pioneering in a new area uh, of my community, you know, I would try to have, if I wasn't a nurse or a physician or something that could relate to them, I think I'd try to partner with somebody in my community in our church that would at least come with you and you be the spokesperson, but at least so that you're together, and, and get, get accepted. But again, if you have beautiful health materials and a plan that works and a, and a syllabus you can show them that you're, you've got an organizational structure and you can say to them, but I don't have all the people we need to do a good job. Would you folks, could we network together? They're gonna be happy because they just don't have the resources themselves either. And they're always short-handed. Should you stress just what you're doing and you have expo so that people don't come expecting one thing and get another, for instance, if you're just doing screening, there might be somebody come because their, their eyes are not good and they do a whole thing. Should you just stress what you're gonna have at the health screen or at the discipline or just be it open? No. In your, in your brochure and in your advertising, you tell them in bulleted points what you're going to offer so that they don't come expecting a, a, a carotid Doppler when you don't even know where to find one. You know, are, are they expecting uh, a doctor to diagnose something when you're only screening? Uh, it's, we don't, I've never really had a problem with someone coming and saying, oh, I didn't know this is what it was because we always put out a flyer to the community as well as something in the paper. And by the way, on flyers, and we'll get, we can come back to that more, I have a few examples for you in the back of your, not in the back of the manual, but in the back of the first section. Um, I feel this way. Again, you, I have a burden to make you successful inexpensively. So when I want to do a, a program, 
my, my flyer, 99 times out of 100, is a half sheet of paper. I, I print two of them side by side and an eight half by 10. And it's a simple typed out thing with one visual and usually printed in grayscale, not even in color. Because here's my philosophy. If you offer people apple pie and you're going to your neighbors and you're dropping off apple pie invitations to come by and get their apple pie, they don't care if it's black or white in color. When it comes to it, they're gonna want the apple pie. All the paper's doing is to communicating to them that you're having a program on the when, where, how, why. And so we're offering you a free blood pressures, computer health age appraisal, you know, and you might describe what that is to, to get them curious, uh, anti-stress chair, and you list all those things. So if you have money and you're in a certain society that you feel you've got to go in color, Hamlin Press can do it for you beautifully. Up in Michigan, they, they ship it all over the country and they'll even send it to your zip codes if, if you have funds for that. In my town, we don't have funds for that, so we organize the church and we go out territory by territory. My wife and I have 100 homes that are our territory. And we can, between the two of us, we can do 100 homes in 100 minutes. So, but we're not visiting with people. We're, if we, we get a chance to, we don't mind doing that, but our goal is to put a brochure behind the door or in the screen door of all those 100 homes. That's our goal because we don't have to talk them into it. Again, I could visit with them and tell them how good the apple pie is, but they'll probably come anyway. Now, that's just a very, that's a bare bones philosophy. Maybe some of you won't like that, but that's how I approach it. I keep it very simple and therefore, we're, you know, what's it cost to print, uh, you know, two, three, three or four, five hundred half sheets of paper with very, you know, hardly any, no color on it. And so we just do it in our copy machine, zip them out, cut them in half, and, we're, and we give our church members maps and we go out door to door. I like that method because then I know they did get invited. I was to their house and it's in their door. Whereas they might see it in the newspaper, but they might not. They might hear it on the radio, but they probably won't because there's too many other stations and so on. So I like that one where I can. But I don't live in a big city. In a big city, that's hard to do. You know, how? Meeting. Hmm? Meeting. Meeting. Mailing. Mailing is fairly effective. Um, I don't have a percentage for you. I know for evangelism, you know, if you're lucky to get about 1% return, but you'll get more than that for health because people are interested. So if you can, if you can mail them to your zip codes, uh, that's reasonable as well. 5,000. Uh huh. So that's good. Yeah, and it's worth it then. Uh huh. And the banks. Yeah. Yeah. Almost no one will turn you down for a health brochures. You know, they might for evangelistic series. You know, but but for health, they're happy to put them in the banks, the libraries, the chamber of commerce. Just any public building, it's just a matter of time to get there. And I'm, uh, you know, I just, we could do more. I'm going to, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm a 
trained as a pastor, but I haven't been a pastor in a specific church for a number of years. I've devoted my time for health evangelism. But I do take a turn preaching in my church about every six weeks or two months. And um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward. I was thinking of some things that Elder Wilson said today. That I, I like that story uh, that he told about the paralytic and the, and the roof. Uh, he did a pretty good job of that, you know, taking the roof off, the dust falling down. I said, you know, I think my church needs that one. <laughs> I think because I, I want to I motivate. I have a wonderful church. I, I, it's the best church I've ever belonged to, a local church, that the members are just willing to help. But, but our programs are expanding, and I've reached my limit, and I just can't take on a more, another one because I've just overcommitted. I, I have this as well. I'm working on other countries with new languages. We don't make any money helping somebody over in India translate these banners and then they buy one set. I lose money that way on you know because it costs me money. I have to pay a graphics person to do the layout and then send it back to them, have them approve it, make sure we did it right and so forth. But tell me get done and then they, they want to set for, you know, well we're from India, we don't have much money and so uh, it's a ministry, I tell you. But it takes time. But I, I could see we could do even more in our community if I had a few more of my members that were committed to do the, the, the gopher work, you know, to, to, to call the committee together. And, I, you know, just, there's just things that I don't have time to organize on top of it. And I believe that we have people who will respond. We just have to ask and, and lay a burden on them to say, look, it, we could do more if we had more hands. And I know our church will respond, so I'm, I'm looking forward. I should have done it sooner. Okay, did we cover it all? Okay, on, we're just touching a little bit on, on advertising, PR, different ways of doing it. Good points, and very important. You know, a sad story was, I put on the nicest health expo I've ever organized in my life in Chattanooga, Tennessee and had the poorest attendance ever. And when Tini and Mark Finley walked through, they said, Chuck, we just feel so bad for how this is turning out. I've never seen a more beautiful health expo because that's where we had the dermatologists, two of them. We had the glaucoma screening. We had Southern Adventist University helping us. We had the, Phoebe was, was uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Phoebe was helping with food. We had uh, Dr. Otis with dental, but we had terrible PR help. And it was Mark Finley who chose the person to be in charge of PR. I had, I, I had no control over it. I was a little disappointed, in fact, because I knew the guy that he chose, but he didn't ask me for any counsel, and I, I thought he maybe knew something I didn't know, so I didn't. But it, the guy, did, he just was flat on his face. He was too busy, he didn't, he didn't do it until it was too late, and then it was too late. You don't do it, you can't do PR at too late. It just doesn't work. And so we had a team of people, you just, and a beautiful program, and just dribbles of people. So it was a, it was a big disappointment. So why do I tell you that? I'm just because we learn from each other's mistakes. And in that case, I had all I could handle organizing four simultaneous health expos in the city, and I had to trust that someone else would do their job, but they didn't. And so you've got to keep that in mind, that the, the best program will only work if the people come. 
Yes. Well, uh, the newspapers and radio people want it about two weeks in advance. But the smartest thing to do is not to go by that timetable. That's only a rough one. The best thing is to go see the health editor and get acquainted with that person, get their name down, and determine that you're going to develop a relationship with them. You're not going to see them one time. You're going to see them from now on. And uh, uh, Rita Vidal practiced that principle. I don't know if anybody knows her today. She's been retired several years. But she, had, she made Van Ministries famous after Juanita Kretschmeyer in New York City. Rita Vidal did it up in Boston for many, many years. And she was an expert at getting to know people and going back and seeing them over and over again and making a friendship where when she brought something into their newspaper, they'd just print it because it was Rita. And if we could develop that kind of relationship, that's what we have in our town. If I bring something to the people, if, our, if Danny Miller comes into the, the Dunlap Tribune, they just print whatever he gives them. He has a relationship with them. So find out what they're comfortable with, with timetables. And if they see that you are sensitive to being wise with their timetable, they're going to respect that. So for, the, for, for newspapers, it may be one timetable. For, for um, radio, it's probably shorter. They don't care if it's a couple days in advance sometimes, but you don't know uh, what their policy is. And you're looking, in their case, for uh, what they call PSIs, public service, PSAs, public service announcements, and see if they will do that for you. Uh -huh. Two weeks, two weeks. If, if, if my money is limited to what I can, if I'm putting a display ad in the newspaper and I have limited funds, I'd just go the last week. Uh, so, but, but, if, but ideally and generally, I go two weeks. Now, we can go into the community paper for free uh, twice, and then anything above that we have to pay. And so we do, because it's only $10 to pay to go in the shopper a little bit more. Uh, a display ad we can get for about $180, and that's, that's a pretty good size one in our paper, but that's not in the big papers. So, Move to the country, folks. That's the call, you know, and then you could have all these advantages. <laughs> okay, we are in awesome times, aren't we, though? It is scary to think what can happen in our cities overnight when, when uh, economic disaster hits this country. More and more people are angry. You find how when, when something goes wrong in a city, people just flare up as if they were firecrackers waiting to be lit. It's, it's really a serious time in the times that we live in. And any of you that possibly, uh, well, let me just tell you this. If you go to Audioverse, it's about three or four years ago that I gave a series on country living. And I talked about the poor man's approach to country living. And I tell the story of how Phoebe and I moved out to the country and how today we have our own wood cook stove, an Amish cook stove, and, and we have solar electricity, and we have our own well, and just a couple of acres, but we're buffered by woods. And uh, what a difference it's made in our gardens and how we're developing them in the orchard. And we don't know anything about how to do that. We just had to learn from scratch. You don't learn this overnight. It takes several years. And so with things getting so dangerous in the cities, as many of you possibly can 
think of a plan for your family while you have time to make that choice. You're going to be locked into the cities someday and you will not be able to leave them because that's just the martial law and a number of things that are coming that are really pretty scary. So we've got to work and do all we can as medical missionaries. Things are going to get bad. They're going to need our help, but there's going to be some very difficult times in between. Okay, I don't want to get, I could get sidetracked and we'll go on now. Okay, so with this cycle of friendship in mind, before the Health Expo begins, it's important to strategize and plan specific follow-up meetings and then to have them advertised during the Expo, cooking schools, your stop smoking programs, whatever you're going to do, be ready to advertise that. So I get my church together, my, my health committee. I've got about 10 people on our health committee in our church, which is quite a few for the size church we have. And I say, look, here's the calendar. Where, where do we, what, what do we want to do when? And who, who would like to do what? You know, kind of feel each other out. Uh, what about the cooking schools? Who's going who's gonna to do Are we going to present it? Is it going to be hands-on? You have to discuss all this with them to draw them into the picture and to agree on what to do. So if you take a whole, a whole year or a year and a half and then consult ahead of time with your pastor, how is this going to network with him? He's got plans. Or the evangelism committee. Sometimes we get our evangelism committee together with our health uh, committee because they're all evangelism anyway. So I don't like to separate them and they're doing one thing and we're doing another. So we sometimes meet, twice, you know, meet together as two committees and work very nicely that way. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not hard at all. In the church, you mean? In the church. If you have the chance to have a sermon or if you have a pastor that will do it for you and promote the importance of this, the AB method and so forth, and you can stimulate the church. I had the privilege of being able to preach the message and then say to my church, uh, we're having fellowship dinner this afternoon. That wasn't by accident. That had been planned ahead of time. And if you can stay by afterwards, I want to give you, I want to have two hours with you to show you how the Health Expo works and see if you'd like to be a part of it. And so, the, and we got, we got 50, 60% 50, of our church to buy into it immediately, which was a lot. Yeah. So, they, when, when they see, if you explain to them, that the screening stations are very simple. That the, that the, give an example, that the health age program is a computer program that any of our young people could run. They'll hear you say that, you know. <laughs> and then is mom and dad interested too if their young people are involved? So you, you get them interested. So we'll, we'll, let them, we'll let some of the young people run the computer. See, I don't mind the young people putting the data into the computer but I'm not going to let them be the one to help the people fill out their questionnaire. That's who? Your user-friendly, warm person who's going to draw, you know, notice what they write and say, oh, I see you're interested in cooking classes. Here, here's a brochure. And you tell them about it right then and there. You pass that questionnaire over to the teenagers merely to take the information off the paper, put it in the computer, 
and the computer then prints out their results. You grab back that piece of paper that has their name and address on it, make sure someone responsible is watching and keeping it, pass on the results page to the individual, and they go on to the next station and finally end up in the trust booth where the counselor is there to talk to them about that results on their paper. They'll have two papers, and we'll come back to the personal record another time. Uh-huh. After one or two such seminars that you've had after your expo, then you can transition. You can think about this. Depends on your, who you have to help you. But you can transition from uh, the health seminar, purely health seminar, to maybe something of emotional uh, mental type of aspects, whether it be depression, stress management, um, where you're dealing on a little different level with them, their emotional level. But it's a real privilege to be able to offer them something that would help them during difficult times. I, I'm surprised when I have a depression seminar of all the people who come in. And, and people I didn't even know were struggling with it sometimes. Some I know, it's obvious they struggle. But others, you're not, you know, and we wonder why they showed up. They're taking notes like fury because they, they do have times where they struggle with that as well. And, and it's in those settings where, where it's logical to bring out the help that God can give us or to point them into the Proverbs for some reassurance. And Nedley does that very nicely in his uh, video presentations. Just balanced, tasteful, well accepted. Yes. Six months to a year. From the yeah. Every six weeks. Okay. Every month to six weeks. I think we wrote that in the manual once. Every month to six weeks. Longer than that, you know. You know, quarterly just doesn't. It's something. Uh, you know, if you had a quarter, every quarter a cooking class, but in between that, something else going on that would fill out your calendar. Uh, I like this once a month healthy choices class that we're having right now at our church. Uh, we didn't commit to do it for the whole year, but we committed to do it for about eight months, was it? Because it, when summer comes, things kind of fall apart. It's hard, it's hard to have summer programs. Uh, both to get help plus to just keep up with the, everyone's running around on vacation or buying things and or sports or whatever. So we, we generally don't do it year round, but most of the year is good. Well, once once one time once a month. Yes. Now there's other times we we have a, a, a a workshop of cooking classes, we might say, let's have five sessions because we're going to cover breakfast, simple breakfast in this one, healthy lunches in this one, you know, we, uh, our holiday recipes in another one. You know, it depends. And we might package something together. But it's, I think, for getting to know people uh, a longer period of time, it's nice to have these what are coming on a regular basis, the first Monday of the month, the first Thursday of the month, or whatever, and people just kind of get it in their mind that, oh yes, that's in my calendar, every single first Monday, they're gonna be having that up at the 
the Adventist Gymnasium or down at the training center, City Hall Training Center. So repetition is very helpful to you once you, once you get in the groove. And it's easier for you too because it kind of gets you committed and your team committed to a schedule that you help work. And that, that's helpful too. It's, can plan ahead. Yeah. Do you consider it wise to have these seminars off-site, like in a more public setting, or these seminars should be filled with an because it's off-site We estimate, and we can't prove it, that we probably lose half the group when we have it at the church. If Whenever I can use a neutral venue, I do. And we're fortunate we never pay for one either. They charge $50 a night in any of our facilities in town, but they don't charge to nonprofits. And a local church is a nonprofit. In your conference, you're a nonprofit organization. So I don't know what the policy is in your community, but they often respect churches and, and organizations that are doing something without commercial value to let you have it for free as a community services from them. So I like that neutral venue and I, neutral number one and central number two. Where are people used to coming for other programs? If I can get one like that, then it's a win-win. Does that make sense? Yes. In the supermarket, what? In the car park. Oh, mm -hmm. we did that once too. Oh, aha. Uh -huh. I like expos when they're outside because you, you, people just driving by see it, you know, and and uh, just have to be careful about the wind. People ask me, are these expo banners good in the wind? And I tell them, there's no expo banners that are good in the wind because <laughs> anything that has size to it is like a sail. Uh, but fortunately, you'll see that the actual banner frame that I have, the two feet that swivel out and are perpendicular to the, the banner, uh, if this is the bottom of the banner, it looks just about like that. The feet come out this way. You can take a cement block and put it on the back one, and that would take a breeze just fine, but not a gust. They're not made for that kind of thing. So, okay. It's important to keep in mind that in all our seminars, we should gently work with the audience slowly and naturally introducing spiritual concepts and integrating them into our presentations. For example, in cooking schools, you might include a, sh a short talk addressing topics such as positive attitude, trust, forgiveness, as they relate to physical and mental health. So you can tag on even to a cooking school while the things are baking in the oven that you've been preparing a, a little health talk on a number of topics. Now, not, don't grab something that's going to force them to move forward quicker. That's why it says to do it very naturally and sensitively. But if you can tie it to something that you're, you're working on, that would be very helpful. For instance, if it was wintertime, and if I'd advertised a cooking school to prepare foods that were user-friendly to help fight depression because they're rich in omega-3 fatty acids, then I would easily be able to have a talk on uh, emotional stress and, and challenges that would fit naturally while the cookies are baking. We make, we make some of 
Nedley's little omega-3 cookies with walnuts and flaxseed and, and, and they're, they're happy cookies, that's right. <laughs> so you know about that. Yep, We've been making, we were making happy cookies last week. Introducing spiritual concepts in this way will serve to awaken a greater interest when we transition to the second phase of meetings targeting for mental emotional realm. So the idea here is basically, you know, you might have some basic health kinds of programs, stop smoking programs, weight management, and then you might in the middle section have those that get into more of the emotional and social aspects of it, and then eventually into uh, the actual evangelistic meetings. There's not a magic formula, you know that. There just isn't one. But we are partnering with the Holy Spirit. Keep your team praying together to be sensitive to see how God may be leading. Survey your people occasionally when they come for a class. Ask them what other things they'd like to have. Phoebe did that recently just to find out what recipes they'd like to do. And uh, she found out that there was a strong interest in crock pot cooking for simplicity. What was, what was another one, Phoebe, that they liked? And one dish meals, simple one dish meals. That was quite high on the list. So we can scratch where it's itching. And so you can also do that on what kind of other programs would you like to follow up this one. And when they're really happy with the program they just saw, they're going to want to contribute some information to you. And then you can build it on that because you would like to do it for the ones that have already decided to come and join you. You want to get to know them better. Then whenever possible, and this is where we struggle, uh, Phoebe and I both, you know, uh, how to do this because it's not our chief talent, but how can we get them into our home or into somebody's home so that they can really get close to them? Because that's when it transitions easily into spiritual topics and they, they start talking about their family and, and pretty soon Bible answers to help solve those problems. That's where we're trying to get to. And so this idea that everything we do is going to lead to the evangelistic series and it will take a bus and bring them all over there is a little bit of, you know, fantasy. There's some truth, there's some truth to that that some people will do that. But I'd rather picture them either doing that or coming to my home or to one of my other members' homes who's made a friendship with them because who cares which method they get into the remnant church, you know, whether they come in one by one or as a group of people in public meetings. Phoebe? I can say this, I, you know, in our church, we have baptisms almost, well, I don't know if it's mo every month we have a baptism, but it's, we have a good pastor. And as I think back over the people who've been baptized now, month after month, they all have been to our health programs. We can't take credit that we always discovered them, but we nurtured them. We helped them to feel that this was the right church, not just because of the Sabbath. You, you don't get good converts that only believe in the Sabbath. It has to be broader than that. It's a whole lifestyle. We're not just legalistic Adventists, are we? I, I better, I'm going to join the church because I know Saturday's right and nothing else matters. No, it's broader than that. 
but uh, Jew and Ludi Eman and, and Patricia was baptized this today in our church, and her little girl is not, but the mother was. Uh, all of them have been coming to our programs, and they feel at home. And isn't that what we're told, that the reason that people don't stay in the church after they're baptized is they didn't feel connected? But when they've been through a year's worth of health programs, they feel connected because they've been cooking with us, eating with us, going to church with us, Sabbath schooling with us, you know, and, and, and it's, just, it's just part of a team. So I hope I'm, I'm illustrating to you that how this works like a, an orchestra, that, that the instruments fit together is not just always, uh, you know, definitely the, the cycle by itself, it's a team. These seminars provide an opportunity to speak on spiritual themes more openly. Over time, this approach will gradually lead to the development of either personal Bible studies or solid contacts for spiritual meetings, or we could say both. There should not be a long time between the expo and the first seminar. Other seminars should also be conducted every four to six weeks. We just, yeah, someone asked about that a minute ago. I like to have a seminar or two. I'd like to have two programs that I can advertise to the people at the expo that are coming up just around the corner. One example was when we did the Stop Smoking program after our last expo in Dunlap. We did it on Sunday. That next Friday night, we started the five-day Stop Smoking program. We started two weeks after the expo with the cooking class. We got 25% of all the people that came to the, the expo in the cooking class. 25% is a very unusual number of people. Out of 200 people, we, we were hoping to get 100 people in that little town. We got 200. And then uh, we got 53 to our cooking class. And that was just with, with almost just barely two weeks later. So that, that is right there in front of people. It's coming right away. Can we sign you up? You're not obligated to come. We'll just give you a quick phone call if, you're, if you want to come. It's, you know, you're not, but you're not obligated. And most people would let us put their name down. Now, we had their name anyway. But it's just something nice about asking them from that user-friendly type person if it would be all right to contact you just to remind you that we're going to be having the class then. It, it's sort of a commitment on their part when they say, yes, you could call me. I'm interested. So that, that, that helped us very much. As we saw, they came. The benefits of this method are many. It breaks down prejudice, allows for time to build relationships, and the public gets to know the Adventist volunteers as the people who genuinely care. This method requires some degree of persevering effort. For sure it does. The key factors for its success are the proper use and follow-up of the interest cards in the, of, at the health expos. These should be properly filled in and collected at the screening stations, especially the health questionnaire. If you're conducting health lectures each night with the expo, announce the following follow-up seminars during the health lectures. I'll explain that to you in just a moment. We have a lady in our church, Chris Craig. Her husband's a retired general conference auditor. They've lived in the community for more years than we've been around. But Chris loves the telephone ministry. She comes to all our seminars, and she is, a, she is the registration lady. Now, she may have others helping her, but
but she's my key registration lady. I can count on her for any seminar I'm going to have. Chris will come with her clipboard and nicely organized columns and be ready to put everybody's name and phone number down. And then during the week, and she will say to them as she meets them, and now if it's okay with you, I'll call and remind you the day before our next seminar. Would that be okay? And if they should tell her no, she'll put a mark not to call them. But almost nobody tells Chris, don't call. She's just that kind of lady. She doesn't, you don't feel pushed by her. And, and she does it. And so she'll get on that phone. She's had some serious health issues. But if she's half alive, she's going to do it anyway. It just, it's her ministry. And if, we can, if, we're, if you can be finding somebody like that that will help you, it is such a relief to us. Phoebe and I, we don't have time to do that. We're, Phoebe's always helping with the cooking. You can't cook, you can't make all those happy cookies and do all the phoning too. They're just too much. So it's nice to have that kind of person. Now this, this last point, if you're conducting the health each night, announce the, okay, the follow-up seminars. One thing you can do is to have your health expo and then have, say, for one hour or an hour and a half, and in the same building, an auditorium that they transition into to have a health talk. And, and, and that way you get them longer and they get to know you better and then you could also, at that point, tell them about what other ones are coming up. What we did with... Uh, in Atlanta, we had Dr. Neil Nedley come in when we were working with the conference there once and ASI Youth for Jesus. We had been working in that Atlanta downtown community and uh, had had the Health Expo and then were to have Louis Torres and um, the, um, uh, Phoebe, who was the other young fellow that both ended up in the hospital, uh, David Asherick. Yeah, one with an appendectomy during our meetings, and, and the other one, kidney stone. I mean, the devil was out to get two evangelists in a row in the same series. <laughs> so we had one in the hospital, and the, he would trade off, and then when he got better, the other one went to the hospital, and they traded off, and David Asherick could barely get out there with his appendectomy recovery to have the sermon while Louis Torre was in dealing with his kidney stone. <laughs> it was really amazing. But anyway... What we did was we started the expo on a Wednesday night. We had Wednesday, th Thursday, and Friday. Okay, Neil Nedley was with us those three times. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we'd have the expo for an hour, hour and a half. I don't remember which it was, but we knew it then, exactly at a precise time. We would tell everybody, folks, we're gonna close in 15 minutes. If you haven't finished everything, you can come back tomorrow, we'll put you first to the line, and we'll get you finished. But right now, Dr. Neil Nedley is here tonight to talk on such and such in the auditorium, and you've got a, you know, you're, you've got a free pass to go in. So we would take him into the auditorium. So we're conditioning him to be in the auditorium and to hear the evening speaker. So he would give you know, a tremendous health talk and, uh, that night. That's Wednesday night. Thursday night, he did it again. Friday night... We told them on Thursday, now, now tomorrow night, don't miss it. Friday night's going to be a double header. We're having two speakers tomorrow night because Dr. Neil Nettie's going to take part of the time and, and uh, David Ashrick's going to take the other half. 
Neil Nedley is going to talk about your physical health, and David Asher is going to talk about your spiritual health. They're going to be complimentary. You wouldn't want to miss them. Now, they already know David Ashrick because David Ashrick, theoretically, in this model that I'm telling you about, would have been there on Wednesday night also introducing Dr. Nedley. So the pastor evangelist is part of the team from the very beginning. He's introducing the health speaker, but he lets him run with it at the beginning to kind of get the confidence of the local people. And then transitions to share the time starting in the third night and then could do that from then on. Now, what we did is you can't keep Neil Nedley very long, and, and even less these days, probably. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, we, we, we had a good connection with Neil. We helped him write his first book. You'll see my name just barely in there at the first page. Um, but uh, then I would take over Neil Nedley's part, say, or we had some, we we're not too far from Wildwood, we had Wildwood folks come down that were trained in how to do the health talks. We had our young people involved. It was an ASI Youth for Jesus series besides. So we had lots of young people and they did a terrific job. And the people enjoyed seeing young people give those health talks after Dr. Nedley finished. That worked very nicely to do that together. So that's, instead of trying to jump into your evangelistic series in the same night, you have a few nights where you kind of gradually get into it. And so, you know, on the third night, you can talk about this spiritual health there's lots of Bible topics that you could bring in that way. And, if, and an evangelist could also start his series with some interesting studies on Daniel. You know, the first 10-day the first health study ever done in, in biblical history and talk about Daniel and so forth. So, uh, yeah, that's, there's just a lots of different possibilities we could experiment with. Health clubs. Uh, I don't have a lot of information about health clubs except that it's... Uh, they're fairly simply organized that it's a combination of, of a, a three things make up a health club that I know about. The people in Czech Republic have done it. I know they have the information in English uh, uh, through the Country Life restaurants over there. But it's three things that, are, uh, that you do in the evening for about an hour and a half. You, you get them in and you uh, come in casual clothes and do some warm-up exercises usually indoors, well, it depends in the cities, you know, they end up being inside. But they do exercises, uh, calisthenics and so forth, Fair, fairly aggressive ones, jumping jacks and whatever, for first half hour. Then they, they um, either have a little health lecture and then food samples or food samples and the, maybe the food samples and they sit down and enjoy those and uh, why they made them the way they did and explain them and give them the recipes. And then they have a health talk for the last part. Now, while I'm on that point, uh, I was just talking to someone. Oh, yeah, we just visited a health center on the way down here called Living Springs Retreat. It's in Alabama. It's out in the country, and uh, we have a few brochures from them on our table. It's a lovely home-like sanitarium, just like Ellen White described we could have. It would probably take about, they could probably take about 10 patients at a time. They usually only have three or four at a time. It's a beautiful uh, user-friendly place. Oh, where does this go now? Next row. Oh, next row back. Are they supposed to sign in again or something? Just initial their name. Initial your name, okay. And uh, let's see, why was I telling you about them anyway? Yeah, I know, but why was I telling you about them? <laughs> oh, the health clubs. Um, but even, Yeah, right. It was a good lunch. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm not going to call it a senior moment because I'm not that old. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. I'll, I'll have to let that one go because I can't quite pick it back up about uh, why I was happy to think of them as an illustration. Yes, the, the combination, okay, so those are the three, let's just go to there, those are the three that you put together a health club out of. And you can, the ideal one was once a week, where you really get to know the people. We went to Israel about two years ago, and we taught a one-month light course. Um, and I, I'll parent, maybe I can tell you about it a little bit. We have till 3, three or 3.30. 3.30, okay. Uh, that was a tremendous experience. We had about 35 students in our course in Israel, uh, training them in medical missionary work. And then afterwards, we rented a hall up in Haifa, which is overlooking the Mediterranean Sea. We had this beautiful auditorium, and we just used the foyer. And we did a health expo there for three or four nights, and we screened 600 people over that period of time. And it was really neat, the different kinds of people that would come through uh, there as well. Um, the, the potential, oh, uh, the, anyway, and we trained them. And from that, we've started, I think, about three health clubs. One when I was there, and uh, that was in Haifa. Now there's one in Jerusalem. And, and I don't know what other city. I can't remember the other one. We had, I know we had a, a lady from Nazareth that works over there, and I don't know if they started one there. Can you imagine these places starting health clubs in Nazareth and in Jerusalem, you know, and uh, maybe Bethlehem next? Uh, that'll be harder because that's Palestinian-controlled. But it's possible. Uh, the Palestinians are very open to health. Who isn't open to health? Who doesn't want grandma to live a little longer, you know? It, it just, it's just normal. So if we go in there with the right approach, we can get into almost any country in the world. So the health expos are working very well. I visited back there a year later because we're looking for property to be able to start a lifestyle center there. We've got an excellent team. And we thought we had it nailed down last August. And uh, then we found some legal problems with the ownership of it. Yes. Okay, uh, the, the 30 minutes of good exercise, brisk exercise, and then you could have uh, food samples with the recipes and explain why you chose those, and, the, and then 30 more minutes of a lecture, some health topic, and questions and answers. Yeah. And, and, and that 30 minutes doesn't always have to be, it can be a simple remedies demonstration. Show them how to make charcoal poultices and how it can help with a bee sting or, or an earache and, and uh, an infection. and. You know, they, they love this kind of stuff. People that come to this kind of program really enjoy some natural remedies. You can show them a hot foot bath and how to use hydrotherapy and things like that. So there's a wide variety of things. We're rich in what we have available. Yes? So is this something that you generate with the group of people that come? You kind of... Yes. And then what venue do you use for the, for the health club? Okay. Uh, yes, you can indicate to people when they're going through the health expo that there is going to be the health club. Then you'd, you'd want to have a brochure already prepared outlining what it's going to be, if there's any expense or if it's just by donation, which I would recommend. 
and then uh, where, where it's going to be, if you could have it all figured out ahead of time, ideally. Uh, in that case, I would be more likely to use my church, some part of my church facility, if, if it had a gymnasium or some kind of an exercise room or, or the, the fellowship hall room, which could work for calisthenics as well. Because it's, you know, if it's going to be every week, if you, if you try to find a public facility on a weekly basis, you're going to end up having to pay for it. And it's hard for someone to donate that much that long. So uh, although in, in Haifa, that's what they did do, they actually rented a place. Uh, so they apparently had some budget for that. Uh, while I'm just on a few miscellaneous things, let me take a moment or two to tell you about a training opportunity. I don't know which one of you I told. Yes, that's right. Um, what if you recognize that God is speaking to you to get more training, and yet you're limited on your finances? Ha, 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 isn't everybody? <laughs> yeah. And time and so forth. I just want you to know there's a couple of options available that we couldn't have offered to you maybe several years ago. Um, at the Wildwood Lifestyle Center here in Wildwood, Georgia, they have developed some online courses for medical missionary training. So if you just Google in Wildwood Lifestyle Center and get into the education department, you can find out what they have available and you can take their full course by online. And it's a very good one. Yes. I am the first student in the new digital shock uh, online health evangelism. At Wildwood? Oh. Oh. Well, there's two right here. Wildwood Lifestyle Center. Yeah. Yeah. It's a six month course if you were there full time. Uh huh. Now there's another option nearby that, and that's called. What's it called? Uh, I don't know, but that it's still Sabbath. But l just look on the website. Okay, you don't have to know today. Uh, God will help you with that part of it. If God is calling you to do something, what's His promise? All His biddings are enabling. So don't worry about the money. You have it. You'll find it. God will give it to you. Okay. All right. Okay. Secondly, light, L-I-G-H-T, light. Lighting the work, the, the, or the website is www.lightingtheworld. All three words together, lightingtheworld.org. Lighting, I-N-G, yeah. Lightingtheworld.org. They also are offering some online courses. I, I'm the founder of Light. I'm basically their counselor. That program is conducting training. That, that might even help you locally. Light goes into different parts of the United States and around the world conducting one-month training programs. We have multiple teams out right now in Trinidad, in uh, Grenada, in uh, Africa, India, uh, on the Amazon. I mean, at this moment, they're going on immediately right now. One month training courses, intensive courses that we network with a local conference to find a place to where we can sleep and eat and people can come in for a month. And we don't charge for our services. 
we, in fact, you know, if, in, in many cases, we raise our own money even to get there. If, if you're in a position where you can help the team come, that you should. But anyway, we go all over the world helping with one-month courses, and then we, we look for people during that time that were the most serious and invite them if they'd like to, to join someplace where we're doing a six-month training. So like when we were in India a year ago, January, and we've got, they're, today they're in Indonesia. But a year ago, January, we had 10 teams go out, mostly from North America, four in a team, 40 people went to India to 10 different locations, and we did one-month training schools for multiple young people, usually 30, 40, 50 in a class. Then, then we, we sorted out the serious and the not serious, and we said to them, you can apply if you'd like to go to a six-month course, and we went from 10 schools to two in two different parts of India because we can't support and sustain teachers for so many months in so many locations just for a few people. So we chose the best and offered them to come to where we had some training centers, orphanages, other self-supporting institutions. And that's how we're doing it. And our goal is through these steps to ultimately help those people who've proven themselves after we get to know them on these several different levels to be able to establish in their own country a permanent medical missionary training school and sanitarium. That's our long-range goal, okay? Uh, light in preparing high-quality materials for teaching in the six-month course and the one-month course has now put all their material online as well, and it's available uh, by correspondence. So either one, either Wildwood, our office, our building, for light is on the Wildwood campus. So we work very closely with the College of Health Evangelism. In fact, the director of light was the former director of the College of Health Evangelism. So either way, you're going to get good materials. And, and these two entities do what? Train teachers for health ministry? Well, Wildwood runs a sanitarium and trains young people uh, along with that to either work in the sanitarium or to go back to their own home churches as health and temperance leaders and medical missionaries, or to go on with further training. Lifestyle yeah. But the light course is, is actually a kind of the Marine Corps type people. They're, they're going out into different localities around the world and in, within the United States and Canada, wherever we find a, a focused interest. We, we're willing to commit with you to go out and to, you know, if you say, call us up, can you come do a light course? I've got three or four people interested can't do that. But if you can organize a course and there's 12 or more students, a minimum of at least 12, that would be, could commit for a, for a month's training, then we would work with you to come to that location and put on a training course. Usually four, four teachers, you have to find a place to sleep them and feed them. You don't have to pay them. And they will do training. And, well, we're training people to be basic medical missionary workers. Yeah, so the medical missionary course. They learn hydrotherapy. They learn full body massage during the six-month course. They learn less than that in the one-month course. They learn in the one-month course or both how to do the health expo. They put one on during that period of time. They do a lot in the one-month program. It's really, it helps us to get somebody partially trained, but it helps us to identify the most serious to go into the six-month training program. Isn't it neat the different things that God is doing to help 
And it all fits together with this medical missionary theme. We need thousands of medical missionaries, and this is our, we, 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 the Lord started to impress me with this need several years ago, and I argued with him for a long time. I said, Lord, the church is supposed to do this. Why should I do this? You know, the church is supposed to do that. He said, I know, I know, but they never, you know, they're busy with other stuff. Well, that was before Elder Wilson came in, but now it's all, now we see it's all timely, fitting to overlapping and complementing each other. This course is fundamental to anyone wanting to run a lifestyle center. It's not enough, but it's, it's, um, it's kind of like, um, yeah, you know, when you learn to fly a plane, you, you first learn to fly the plane just in daylight, and then later on you take instrument training so you can fly it at night. The medical missionary course for six months is daylight training. It gets you to get the airplane off the ground safely and at least get introduced to it. If you're going to actually go into running your own lifestyle center, then I would say from after that foundational course, then go spend six months volunteering at someone else's lifestyle center and shadow them and everything. Then you will run a lifestyle center if, if, you're, if you have the gift. You'll be able to run one. You cannot do this stuff by a two-week visit. You know, drop into different lifestyle centers, go to Weimar for a day, go to Wildwood for a day. You get, you get the whiff of air, like smelling of cream puff, you know, but you don't know how to run one. You, you really have to go and live with them for a while and watch what patients go through and watch what the staff go through working with some of the patients and seeing how they pray through different things. And you just, you have to, to experience it. Sanitary work is one of the hardest things to do in all the world. And that's part of the reason the Adventist church doesn't do it so much like we used to. Do you understand? We got into hospitals instead of sanitariums. We were counseled for sanitariums. What's an emphasis of the sanitarium? Health. It's prevention. It's prevention, dealing with, and, and natural remedies. What's the emphasis of a hospital? Cure. Cure. All right. All right. And, and medicine. What pays more? Hospitals. Where, are, where do you find all the Adventists? In the hospitals. Okay. Now I don't need to tell you why. All right. So sanitarium work is, if you want to be poor, go into sanitarium work. You never make any money. You can't afford to charge what it's worth or the people can't afford to come. So you have to be sacrificial. If you're not sacrificial, it won't work. That's the whole thing. And so when the church tries to run something like a sanitarium, it doesn't work because they can't pay regular wages and make it work. It just doesn't work. It's too hands-on. It takes approximately one person, one staff person for every patient. If you're going to have a 12-bed sanitarium, it takes 12 people. Yeah, it takes about, because it's so labor-intensive. Mm -hmm. It's the most rewarding. It's the most rewarding. Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. Okay. All right. Time for, uh, let me get through the rest of these in, in, in about two or three more minutes, and then we'll better have a massage break. And that'll finish us up for today. Tomorrow morning, we have four more hours only. So tomorrow morning, come with your jogging shoes on because mentally, we've got to move quickly. You'll go through the screening equipment. I need to teach you how to do the exercise step test. And is, is some of you, 
I need to find the ones that can handle that because it's very precise timing to make that work. Others of you, we need to polish you up on massage for the expo tomorrow afternoon. You understand from three to seven, they've told people to come. And we heard today that they've already got 250 that they know of outside of our group. I prepared for 200. <laughs> so I don't know that they're all going to come to the expo. Uh, I hope they do, but we got a problem because I only printed for 200. But we'll see. I, we can only put so many people through anyway. So I, I think that's going to work out all right. But I need, I need about five, five or so ladies and three guys that will make massage your specialty tomorrow. See, because we will have the table set up. I'll need some to run the computer. I'll need some to do the step tests, some to do you know, the body fat scale. We'll divide up. You'll, you'll practice everything tomorrow morning. But then we'll decide who's on what part of the team. Okay? Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a nice experience. And you'll be able to go home knowing that you've been a part of it. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We borrowed it once. Well, it was around 5,000. Oh, well, it's, yeah. Yes, that's true. Well, it brings in, yeah, it brings in the thinking people who are aware of what a Doppler, karate Doppler can do. You know, it's just a screening procedure. They can check the neck and see how you and look at your carotid arteries, and so. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Be sure to get one if you can. <laughs> okay. Seminars are preventive medicine topics. Simple remedies. Cooking classes are the most popular. We usually go about an hour long. Uh, a good idea is to make a program where interesting to split the lecture time. This is just a suggestion. Well, remember, you're going to get the whole thing on a stick. Uh, sometimes, if you don't have a really good speaker in your church, uh, how many physicians are in the room? One, two, three, four. Sometimes, you guys won't listen for a minute. Sometimes physicians aren't your best speakers. Some physicians just don't carry an interest. Now, these four probably do, okay? But that's why they're here. But I've, ha I've been in trouble sometimes with professional people who don't know how to talk, just put it in a language that draws people in and makes it so they explain it. Okay, so... Uh, and, if, and most churches, the reason I've said this up here is not that I want to be negative on our physicians. It's just reality. You have to think about it. And, and, and so if you, you, you know your people in your church and you know your physicians. And uh, I have one physician in my, my church I will never ask to give a lecture because he's kind of ADH something or another. And he goes, he goes over, he'll run on 50 topics trying to hit the one. And, and that just, it doesn't work. And so uh, I just can't ask him to, even though he's willing. And he's humble about it. He'll come in and be supportive to me, but I don't turn it over to him. I wouldn't be able to hold a crowd. But anyway, 
maybe I can give them five minutes on something. If we could divide it up with a few people who are able to carry a topic. So you might have two or three of you doing something, but each one of you polished on what you prepared for. It's just a suggestion rather than, and, than just one person doing the whole thing. So that's basically what that's explaining, to take a few minutes and then divide it up a little bit. I don't, we don't need to go into a lot of detail there. Uh, we have a moderator that can make some transitions. So this is just adding the idea if you'd like variety. It's in your, it's in your, no, your notes as well. Um, the actual uh, typical schedule uh, depends on you know, what country you're in, how you're approaching it. Uh, we were trying to illustrate here with a chart, but it's in, it's in your manual. Uh, I did give you a chart that shows a theoretical situation, actually one that we did before, and uh, where you, you have uh, your, your health classes first and you transition gradually from the health into the combination and then eventually just into the evangelistic series. So you start with your health expo, some health classes for a few days or like Nedley for a few nights, and then into your evangelistic series. Keep the health expo going during the first week, especially on weekdays when it's harder to get people to come out. Keep it going so people will come and maybe go through the screening and then go to the evangelistic meeting and then drop it off once you see that the interest is satisfied on that part of it and just get people coming to the evening meeting. We do it. We do it. We do it both ways. It it depends. Now, if I'm, if if I'm intending for them to come back for the whole weekend, I make it hard for them to get through in one night, purposely because I want them to come back more than once. So I limit it to about an hour, and just say, folks, you won't get through everything tonight, but we'll get you by tomorrow night or the next night. There's other times where, like when I do it on Sunday afternoon for the whole afternoon, I'll get them all the way through, and I'm, I'm using it that time. The, that's the way I do it most of the time. I'm using that program to, per, to send them forward to my follow-up programs a week from now and 10 days from now. That's because I generally do it that way, the longer cycle and work with the people rather than the expo in the foyer and into the meeting that night. So, it, but both work. It just depends. You better have a good speaker. If you transition from the foyer into the main hall, you need to have a good speaker that you know will really command their attention. Yes? Well, they had said, and you were mentioning, sometimes you have the expo at the end of a, a year-long program before you go into evangelism. So at that end, you want to usually have a one-hour, one-hour, one-hour. OK. And then you go into evangelism. You already know those problems. Uh-huh. If you remember the, the drawing I had up here, the health expo started it, and then the last thing was the evangelism. Well, during that last time at the end of the year of all these health programs, we still do a health expo at the convention center the night that, he's that the evangelist is speaking just to give it extra push as well. So it's an extra bonus there. Okay, I think we're pretty well there. Um, announcements, uh, okay. If you are going to push people into the evening meeting, you start warning them that there's only a certain amount of time left before you're going to close down. Uh, if there's a long line at a particular station, like the health aid station, you tell people, uh, just turn in your, 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 quest your uh, questionnaire while you're in the meeting. We'll go ahead and run it through the computer and stop in and see us afterwards. 
Now they have to stay for the meeting. And so they come back and they, they get their information filled out to them. And, and then you can have time to counsel them and spend some time with them as well and ask them what they thought of the evening meeting as well. Uh, special considerations. Uh, it's important that all screening stations close on time. You get sometimes somebody running a certain booth and they want to be heroic and stay by and take care of everybody. No, you don't want to do that. We stop at a certain time because our goal is to go into the meetings. So I tell my staff, not only do you want to stop to get the people in the meetings, you go in with them. We all go into the meetings. And then it just gives a good message. Uh, and I mentioned the health age is the one that you can actually close it down and let them get it afterwards. Uh, the, uh, the, the, I mentioned to you the foyer. Doing, doing a, pro a, lot of, a lot of auditoriums have a nice big open foyer. And so uh, we had a time, we were in a, a different part of Romania one time in, in the Transylvania Valley in Turgomorish. And the conference there could not find a place. They, they wanted so bad to use a certain public building for the expo that everybody in town knew about, and it was a good one. But it wasn't available for the evangelistic series. But, it, the, but the venue, the church, was just two blocks away. And so they determined to go ahead and get the people to, to get warmed up in the expo and then come on over to the meetings. Now, normally, in Romania, at that time, they would have transitioned fine from a foyer into the auditorium. But we lost 75% of them trying to get them two blocks down the street. It, and I warned them that it's, you know, once you let people out the door, they're out the door. And I'm sorry, but that's just the way we are. And so uh, they don't have a burden to go that far anyway. It's not that it was so far away. It's just they didn't really, they weren't sold on wanting to go in an evangelistic series. If, it's, if they trip over getting out the door, they don't mind trying it out a little bit if it's right there. Do you see what I'm saying? So it should be the same building. That's the point we're trying to make for you. So that's basically the same point. We've used some pretty crowded hallways to do our expo. What if it's really skinny? You know, we generally set up in a, in a rectangle. It doesn't have to be. It can be single file, way down. You could just, you know, we, we had to do that one place in Russia. We just had to put them all one after the other and then the, the people could squeeze down because it wasn't very deep. That worked fine, too. And then they, they start at one end, finish at the other end, and go into the auditorium. So that worked. Okay, Phoebe, we're about ready. Are you ready? Okay. All right, we're going to go ahead and switch over now. Uh, I'll stop here, and uh, we'll use the rest of our time to... to uh, do the massage. So turn, turn to your book. In, in your book, I might just mention how we've organized it. The first section before the tab is what we call the manual. And that's on our website, and you can download it anytime you want for free. It's a PDF form. Of course, you get a nice printed copy. What you, what you don't get to download conveniently packaged together is the first tab. Behind the first tab is your handouts to be printed in quantity. These are just different things that we use a lot of at the different stations so that you've got a master copy here. Take it out of your book, go to your copy machine. If you're expecting 100 people at your expo, copy it 100 times, each of these, if you're going to use them. 
at different stations. The third section, the second tab behind it, is screening instruction forms for staff only. This you, do, you make just a couple of each one for your team, depending on which one it is. So if you've got 10 people doing massage, you'd want to copy the, the, the anti-stress chair massage 10 times. I like to put it front and back so that I can have it on my table on one piece of paper and just flip it over. This is, happens to be on two pieces. And so there's other things in here that you will use and will use tomorrow. Uh, the Harvard step test, how to do that, how to interpret it is there. Uh, I think the peak flow meter chart should be there. Uh, height chart, here's your peak flow meter. We'll get into that tomorrow morning. And uh, a list of what to bring. Uh, catch me just a minute. Uh, in the back, I've got, a, I've got two samples for you, by the way, in the back uh, here of what our health talks are like. The, uh, someone, several of you refer to the Abundant Living Health Nugget series. It's a series of 51 talks. We have them in English, French, German, Spanish, uh, many different languages. They're beautifully illustrated. We use 10 of us, 10 health educators and physicians to write these health lectures. We peer reviewed them all. They're scientifically balanced on heart disease, cancer, uh, exercise, why breakfast is important. It's a wide variety. Half of them are geared for Western countries and half are geared for very poor underdeveloped countries where there's malaria and, and uh, sanitation problems for the village. Beautiful talks that are on, on both levels. And so uh, you have uh, an example here uh, of the how to, why we need to have a good breakfast and then you also have another sample of one of the village talks on child nutrition. And so those are available. We have those on, on PowerPoint CDs and uh, I can give you prices and I'll give you a price sheet on uh, tomorrow on what those are like. When, you, when you're trying to work with the public after, after you've had your expo and you're looking for material to use for health talks, the health nuggets can be a real help to you. We also have on our website some new talks uh, the health nuggets were designed originally to be used in conjunction with an evangelist. So he gets, you know, he takes a half hour, 45 minutes for his talk. He can't afford to give you that much time as the health educator, so you get t 10 or 15 minutes. That's what these were designed for. But they're, they're text editable, so you can take any of the slides you, that I give you in this series, and you can actually change it, put new information with it, and you can add slides, delete slides, hide slides. It's very, very flexible. You can make it your own, but it'll get you started. And then on the CD are all the scripts so that if, with a thumbnail picture. So when you print the script, you get the picture on with every paragraph of what you're supposed to say. And then, of course, they see the pictures on the screen while you can give the talk. Or you can modify it if you want to. That should be what it shows right there, yeah. The healthexpobanners.com. Just look on the health talks. We have the health expo materials, but we have health talks on there as well. And we're writing some new ones. I'm just now working on one on diabetes. It'll be all brand new illustrations and the most up-to-date information. That should be available soon. They're like $9.95 a piece, you know, something like that. Or if you buy a package of them, you can get them even cheaper. So it's not a lot of money to get good health talks. Uh, 
Okay, let's get together and uh, group up with, uh, for our massage. We want to practice. We want you to get comfortable with doing this, comfortable enjoying it, but comfortable doing it. If you'll turn your, if you'll turn your seat sideways and find a partner. We don't have much time left. Go ahead and find a partner. And uh, Phoebe will get you going. This media was produced by Audioverse for the NAD Health Summit. If you would like to learn more about the NAD Health Summit, please visit www.nadhealthsummit.com. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.